0: Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deardo with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Cheryl Goswami, System Vice President and Chief Information and Digital Officer at the University of Wisconsin Health. Cheryl, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me, Laura.
0: Now, I know we have a lot to talk about. There's so much happening right now in digital health, technology, artificial intelligence is really changing the game in, in health IT right now. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Well, before we even get into that, I I would like to appreciate you making me feel special by having me here during uh, National Nurses Week. So whenever this gets broadcast, I would like to take the opportunity to thank all the nurses across all the country and the world for doing what they do. Uh, Personally, my name is Cheryl Goswami. I have been with University of Wisconsin Health System for about three and a half years now. We are based out of Madison and Northern Illinois. We save, uh, save lives and treat about 700,000 patients and have about 1,800 physicians across eight hospitals and 150 locations. And my role is uh, with all things technology, information, informatics, digital, you name it.
0: I did absolutely. And I know that's a huge part of healthcare today is the technology and digital side of things. It touches pretty much every department, whether it's on the operational side and administrative or even into the clinical care and a lot of what you're doing on the clinical research, et cetera. So when you look at the broad range of everything that technology touches, what are some of the big opportunities you have your eye on as well as headwinds that you're following today?
1: I like the way you frame the question. I think we are one of the few roles in, in our organizations uh, where we have a 360 view of everything that's going through the organization. So it, it's almost impossible to think of an area where we don't have an influence or a presence. And so as we look at the challenges and or the opportunities, they're two sides of the same coin. If you look at some of the challenges with workforce shortages across uh, across the nation in our industry, if you look at the challenges, uh, challenges with diminishing margins, if you look at the burnout for our care team providers, if you look at the threats that we have through cyber warfare, in every one of these areas, uh, our roles and our teams have a presence and a responsibility to perform and ensure that our clinical and operational stakeholders get to do what they do best in providing our care through the system.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And and certainly looking at um, the the workforce shortages and the cybersecurity challenges, as well as um, making sure operationally things are doing well. And I know a lot of technology right now is focused on, ensuring that clinicians, you know, can do their jobs well, connect with patients, and are avoiding burnout if possible. So, you know, when you look at all those goals and in ways that the health system is trying to um, solve some of the big challenges with technology, what really comes to mind to you as being some of the most effective things and effective ways that you at the University of Wisconsin Health have been able to leverage technology and add value to the organization
1: overall? So, so as the line goes, right, and every challenge is an opportunity. So for every one of those that we mentioned, uh, we can we can flip the coin around and turn that into an opportunity. So if you think of when we said earlier that we operate across Wisconsin and Northern Illinois, and uh, we acquired the non-Illinois practice about seven years ago, but now we're getting into how do we reduce the variations in our practices across those two areas so that we can share Uh, resources, human supplies, everything with a a more common standard workflow, if you may. Uh, We also, as an opportunity, as workforce becomes a challenge uh, the shortage of workforce, we are exploring opportunities where we can have automation as a process to still provide the high degree of care uh, without further delays in or quality in the care we provide. And last but not least, I mean, uh, we're also running out of space. I mean, there are only so many hospitals we can build and so many clinics we can build. So we are exploring ways where we can treat our patients in their best settings, which is their home. And so we are exploring ways, uh, how do we provide healthcare at uh, home of the patients, call it hospital as home or home-based care or remote patient monitoring. But all of these areas are just simple examples uh, where technology can continue to provide better ways of doing what our clinicians do and, and also make it happen in a very timely manner so our patients don't have to wait months for appointments.
0: That's really key is just leveraging the technology to be more convenient for patients and the care providers. And, you know, when you're working with your broader leadership team on some of these things, whether it's the automation or um, bringing more care into the home space and virtual care in particular, what does it look like? What are are some of the technology challenges that you encounter during uh, those types of projects? And then, you know, the people challenges as well. I know it's a big change for the healthcare workforce to have some of this automation as well as virtual care coming to light And, and then patients too getting used to some of that. What are you seeing?
1: So I would say, you know, most of us use the phrase people process technology. Uh, In Wisconsin, uh, we say it slightly differently, as a colleague of mine once stated. We believe it should be human-centered, empathy led and technology-enabled. And I say that using those words because technology by itself should never be the solution. Technology by itself should never be the strategy. Technology needs to be the enabler. And I start with those words because sometimes we put the cart before the horse. No, the technology by itself when deployed often solves one problem and creates disruptions in 10 different places. We also talk about what is the impact of the workflow, workforce, the workflow, and the work-life balance, be that of our providers or be that of our care team members or be that of our consumers and patients. And you have to map the technology to make sure it does good for all of those aspects. So I start with that because it's a balance of where you put technology with the workforce and the workflow. The other distraction or the challenge that we have with technology is there are a lot of shiny objects in the market today, and we can talk about that for all day long. It is finding the right technology that fits the solution in your needs, because often otherwise it becomes another expense in of an investment. So working with industry partners or vendors, uh, whatever the word we choose, is to identify the right one and deploy it in the right place. And lastly, Uh, As an industry, I think we also need to change from a mindset of going live as in a project base and think long-term. Because often we are very good in deploying the technology and then we move on to the next best thing and the thing then crashes and burns. So anything and everything we do nowadays, uh, we should be looking at how do we continue to support it a year, two years, three years later. So I know these were more generic uh, examples, but those are some of the principles we use when identifying what technology to deploy and what part of the organization.
0: Absolutely. That's such a great point, because I know there, as you said, are so many different pitches that come out every day, different technologies and companies trying to make their mark and really need that partnership with hospitals and health systems to figure out what's going to make the most sense. And so, you know, to really vet that and understand where the value is. For the organization is so critical, and as we've been talking about, resources in healthcare are certainly extremely valuable and becoming scarcer right now as they than they have been in the past in terms of budgets tightening and really um, some of the workforce challenges that many organizations have. And so, when you look at the landscape today, um, it's definitely not easy to run a, a health system and and provide great patient care, but you know, still wanting to look and build for the future, where do you see as being important areas to continue to make investments or or take risks that could really, uh, you know, improve healthcare and uh, set the system up for success in the future?
1: So I think um, it's hard. It's hard to bet against uh, AI and all the automation uh, that's been in the news uh, over the last year or so. I would say that you use the words risk and investment, because again, they're two sides of the same coin. It needs to be just, just done with a very deliberate and uh, uh, methodical approach to ensure that you get the better outcomes of it. Now AI means different things to different people. And I, I get we can cover everything from automation to large language models, uh, better known as ChatGPT in the last four months. So that's an area where I think uh, it is, it is getting ready to be incorporated. We are among the first institutions to do a proof of concept, but I don't think it's any time ready for mainstream use yet, but we'll never know until we start. And so doing that in a very contained, controlled, and safe manner is is that balance between risk and opportunities. And the second one, I think I'll use the word convenience for patients. Most of our health systems, most of our workflows are still designed uh, inside out from from the inside out. I mean, you know, designed for the health system, not consumer centric. And I think a few institutions across the country have taken the lead to do what we call consumer centricity and, and use human factor design. And I think that convenience has to become just as big as a driver for us to design these solutions because some days I do believe we have more technology than we need and technology should never replace the human-centered design. Technology should never replace the empathy factor that we all signed up in healthcare to provide. And so as we start moving towards remote patient monitoring, medical devices like breath monitoring or state-of-the-art shunt devices that people are now using in their homes and so on and so forth, technology can do a lot of things. Hopefully it never replaces the human side of, of the equation of healthcare. So those two areas attract my attention because it is promising, but it also comes loaded with a lot of dangers.
0: That's such a great point. And, you know, to have that mindset of making sure that, you know, the technology can't replace the human touch to make sure you still have that um, human connection as part of the healthcare journey is so critical. And from your vantage point as an IT leader, something that I think other leaders may lose sight of from time to time um, with other organizations and whatnot. So, you know, how do you keep that front and center with yourself and with your teams um, as they're making decisions on a day-to-day basis and moving forward with the strategy? You know, what does that look like? How do you instill that culture of you know we we want to be advanced, we want to be technology enabled, um, but not technology centric, still patient centric.
1: So first, when I get up every morning, I don't think of myself as an IT leader. I think of myself as a human being and a citizen with a social responsibility in the community. So from that point onwards, anything I do, I I always ask the simple question, how would a family member or myself feel if I'm at the other end of receiving uh, this care? second one, I'm a leader in the organization, not just an IT leader, which forces me to think of the impact, uh, positive or negative, that my technical decisions may make on my peers and colleagues across the organization. So, If you start thinking with those two hats on, your your morals, your principles, your ethics makes it a lot easier when when you get into a decision whether to deploy uh, or pick uh, a certain technology or not. Uh, And from that point onwards, uh, then you start thinking of partnering because you can't do everything yourself. You start thinking of uh, picking the right partners in the industry who have similar values. And I use the word value because it goes a lot more than a transaction or a sale that ensures that, again, the technology is doing the right thing for the patient, the right thing for the provider and the right thing for the system. Because at the end of the day, you know, we all we all live in the community that we uh, serve uh, every day. So I, I I stress on those first two hats because without that, you will make a technical decision. With those two, you will make a human decision and a business decision. Hope that answers the question.
0: Absolutely. That, that's such a great tactic and um, very, very useful. Now, before we wrap up our discussion, I just have one more question for you. Looking into the future, where do you see some of the best opportunities for growth and development, both for you in your role as chief information and digital officer, as well as the teams that you work most closely with?
1: So I think of two areas and the first one actually has nothing to do with technology. It has to do with people. Uh, We need to continue to groom leaders for tomorrow. We need to mentor and coach uh, the next generation. I think that is very much needed because in a world of uh, hybrid and remote work environment, one thing I really worry about is as people can work from anywhere, you can do the work from anywhere, but how do you build the ethics and the culture of an organization? So I would probably put grooming people as the first uh, opportunity in the responsibility uh, of every leader. And I personally spend a lot of time and I enjoy doing it. The second piece with technology, I would also say it excites me and it scares me with everything that's going on in the world right now with large language models and, and so on and so forth. And I say that because I think for the better part, the technology will work itself out over the next few months, uh, maybe a few years. Uh, My worrisome part comes from the lack of ethical, legal, clinical, and technical governance uh, in these areas that oversee uh, these uh, deployment of these technologies. So as an early adopter of this technology, I I firmly believe that uh, being first gives you the responsibility to set the governance and to make the right use of these technologies. So as as I repeat myself, you know, Uh, with power comes responsibility and so that's the excitement and yet uh, the caution in my voice Uh, but i am truly excited about the potential opportunities of large language models
0: such a great point, Cheryl. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating conversation and I'm looking forward to meeting you in person as well at our Health IT, Digital Health and Revenue Cycle event in October. I, I know a lot of these themes that we talked about today, whether it's AI or in um, some of the other technologies, it will really come up within the discussions and be part of our uh, mission in moving the healthcare system forward. So I'm looking forward to that and, and thank you so much for your time today as well.
1: Likewise. Thanks for having me, Laura.
0: It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC.